Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Merry Christmas. Look at someone around you say, Merry Christmas. It is here. Now, for those of us in Georgia, it's 63 degrees outside. Amen. Amen. Now, some of y'all are all across the country watching that 12-stone home. We're sorry. Some of y'all got snow on the ground. That's kind of cool, but it's not as cool as 63 and sunny. Uh, but we're glad that y'all are enjoying Christmas, and we're so glad to get to join you for Christmas. And one of our traditions is that we sing All Holy Night. When Cameron sings it, it's like something inside just goes, yep, it's Christmas now. And I hope you experience the same thing. Maybe you showed up today and you're like, I don't really feel Christmas yet. I hope by the end of this, you're reminded of the joy of Christmas. There's nothing like celebrating Jesus and what he did. And so we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. You're going to hear a gospel message, what Jesus did for you. It's going to be great. We're so glad that you're joining us across the campuses and across the world. So we have traditions here like, oh, holy night. I have traditions with my family. My kids are, are probably watching, so I can't go into detail, but how many of y'all open like a, a present tonight? Anyone? Like a single present? How many of y'all wait? It's only on Christmas morning. Anybody? All right, so you got traditions. How many of y'all tonight you're going to go home and eat food that you shouldn't eat? Anybody? Oh, it's holy tonight though. It's holy night. We have traditions, and one of our favorite traditions here is we retell the Christmas story and we use kids, and it's a blast. So Travis, why don't you come out here? My friend Travis is going to come out. He's going to help us. Welcome, Travis. Whenever you get involved. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas. Yeah. And that is a shark on his sweater. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know what it is? It's a Christmas shark. Do, 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 don't do it. Christmas don't shark. do it. Don't All do night it. long. I hate that right. song. I'm <laughs> sorry. With a passion. I, I was at Christmas, and now I lost it. And I'll get it back again <laughs> yes, in, yes. in a second. Sorry. So listen, we're going to have a little bit of fun telling the story of Christmas. And listen, if you're a kid, kindergarten to fifth grade, that's sure. what we're looking yeah, for. Absolutely. Sort of fifth grade and under, we're gonna invite you to run up. The first 10 kids that 10. get here. Come on, come up, on come and on run up. up right now. Both I got sides, one, both sides. two, three. It's about right, to get the staircase, back. Staircase, staircase, staircase. Staircase, oh, don't no, just jump just gonna, up. Okay, how many? I am not counting. I am uh, bad. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, everyone seven, stop. Nine, ten. We're good. We're good. We oh, got no. 10. Okay. Now listen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, we're gonna have a lot of angels that are just, right, here's the just deal. act like angels. Got okay. We got candy right. left and right because we love you. Get some candy right there. Sorry, parents. Sugar's on us tonight. So as Travis is getting ready, here's what we're going to do. There's a line for each kid as we tell the Christmas story. And just recognize this takes courage to get on stage, doesn't it? Some of y'all are like, you couldn't pay me to go stand on stage, and they're up here. So thank you, kiddos. And we're going to have some fun with the Christmas story. In fact, Kervin, why don't you go ahead and give us a little Christmas vibe on that piano, and we're going to get ready to celebrate the Christmas story. Oh, Parents, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 it's, it's totally working. Parents, if you want to come up and get a picture, feel free. Come okay, kneel at yeah. the front. You can get a picture so, uh, of your okay. kid's face at least. It's okay to smile. It's not, it's, you don't have to be scared. It's okay. Perfect. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You ready, Trav? No, no, I'm not. This uh, is going to be. But yes, totally, I am. Out of hand and beautiful all, all at right. the same time. Right, you guys come over here. No, no, just, just read. Yep, we're good. We're good. I we're think good. we're good. Y'all ready? Good. Here's the Christmas story as told by our very own kids. 
So a long time ago, in a country far, far away, wait a second, there was a young lady named Mary. Hi, I'm Jesus's mommy. Good job. Hi. <laughs> and her fiance, Joseph. Hi, I'm Jesus's daddy. They're introducing themselves. One night when Mary fell asleep, she had a vision and she was woken up by an angel. Hi, how are you? No, no. <laughs> that might be what happened. Hallelujah. Perfect. Super good. That angel would have scared Mary more than anything else, but that's good. Hi, how are you? That's how angels introduce themselves in the Bible. Perfect. And the angel told her, you're going to have a baby from God, and you're going to name him Jesus. And when Mary told Joseph, he was surprisingly cool with it. So Mary and Joseph started on their adventure together. But right before Mary had the baby, she and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem on their donkey. Yeehaw. Aww. Nailed it. Save that for the, the wedding video. When, when they couldn't find any hotel room, someone let them stay in their barn meant for animals. And in the barn, Mary gave birth to Jesus. We need Jesus. Uh, no, no, sorry. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. On the same night, there were sheep to your left. Good sheep. In a pasture being watched by shepherds. When, perfect. When all of a sudden, appearing in the night sky, were a bunch of angels. Hallelujah. Nailed it. Needless to say, it totally freaked out the shepherds. They're freaked out. But, but the angels told them, don't be scared. We have good news. The Savior of the world was born today in Bethlehem in a barn. Go worship him and tell everyone. So the shepherds took their sheep and found Jesus to worship him. So shepherds, come on down here to, to Mary and Joseph and maybe Jesus. Come on down here, shepherds. Perfect. Sure. Just, yeah. We're good. We're good. At the same time, a big star appeared over Bethlehem and drew the attention of some kings from the far east that immediately traveled to Bethlehem to see Jesus. They were called wise men. We have presents. Yes. Nailed it. So that night, here we go, Travis. Oh, no. The grand finale. Grand finale. So that night, surrounded by sheep. Uh. And donkeys. Close <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough. Cool. And Mary. Oh, I'm Jesus's mom. Hi, I'm Jesus's mommy. And Joseph. I'm Jesus's daddy. Yoda as well held baby Jesus while shepherds move sheep. Move sheep. Move sheep. And wise men. We have presents. We have presents came to worship, and after they worshiped like the angels, Hallelujah. they went and told everybody about Jesus. On the count of three, we all yelled, Jesus is here. One, two, three. Jesus is here! Can we give it up for all our awesome kids? And that's what Christmas is all about! That is it.
the story of Christmas. All right. All right. Go find your parents. Please find your own parents and not someone else's parents. You won't get any presents unless you go back to your own house tonight. So it's crucial that you do that. And so Merry Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. And that is a children's story the way we told it. But that story is the story that changed everything. The story of Jesus coming to earth. And so I want to pray for us before we jump in the teaching. So Jesus, we give you all glory and honor and praise. There's no one like you. And so God, I pray tonight that as we had fun with a children's story, that you would awaken us to the profound truth and power in the story of God, Emmanuel, God, Jesus leaving heaven, putting on human flesh, stepping into this world. And Jesus, would you mark us on this Christmas 2021? We love you in your name. Amen. Well, the beauty of Christmas is that you can walk into Christmas being merely religious and walk out with a relationship with the living God who loves you. That is the power of what Jesus did for us. So let's talk because some things are hard to believe. Let, let me give you one of them, that people actually eat candy canes and enjoy them. That's hard to believe. I just want to know, hands up, 12 Stone Home, any of the campuses, online community, who actually eats candy canes? Let me see your hands. Wow, way more than I, th I don't mean when you were a kid, I mean right now, let me do it again. Really? Dude, you, you suck it down to like a little pointy and then, yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, they're like the, okay, let's move on. You know what else is hard to believe? That Christmas is a true story. Really, that we, we sinned against the living God who created us in his image, and instead of destroy us, he loves us so much that he sends his one and only son to come to earth, God in human flesh, performs miracles, fulfills hundreds of prophecies, and then voluntarily dies on the cross, sheds his blood, his red blood, to pay for our sin debt, rises from the dead, and then offers us forgiveness, restoration with God, and eternal life. Man, that, that's, that's hard to believe. See, there are some things in this world that are hard to believe. So I did a little homework for you. I got a few more hard to believe. So look this up. So here's a hard to believe. The average house, by the way, is about ah, the two-story house, 20, 25 feet tall. Average snowman's about ah, four, six feet tall. So here's a question for you. And this, I'm going to give you the answer, but you got to guess amongst yourselves. So if you're 12 stone home, talk with each other. If you're alone, ask yourself, online community, with your family, or at any of the campuses. You ready? How tall is the tallest freestanding snowman ever built? Go ahead. Guess, guess amongst yourselves. What's the answer? How tall is the tallest snowman ever built? Freestanding. Got a number? Check it out. Here's the answer. 122 feet tall. Those are trees for arms. That is hard to believe. Let's get to the next one. What's the record for the most lights on an artificial Christmas tree? Hey, let me help you. It averages 100 lights per foot. So a six-foot tree has about 600 lights. 12-foot tree, about 1,200 lights. Hint, artificial tree, 72 feet tall. How many lights? Go ahead. Talk amongst yourselves. What's the answer? Because this, this is hard to believe. How many lights? Are you ready? Here's the answer, 518,838 lights. 
Check it out just to give you a sense of its size and scope. Yeah, crazy. Wouldn't you like that next door to your house? All right, <laughs> some kids, yeah. Next question, hard to believe. What's the most money spent decorating one Christmas tree? The average household spends about three, 400 bucks. What's the most expensive, most valuable tree? Tell amongst yourselves, what's your number? What do you think? Ready? Here's the answer. $15 million. It's diamonds, rubies, gold. I don't think I could walk by the tree and not commit a sin. I really don't. I, I think I'd have to visit that tree. Here's one. Who's the tallest? What's the tallest person that ever lived? Tallest person that ever lived. By the way, it's not me. So I know what you're thinking. But how tall is this person? Ready? Here's the answer. Eight feet, 11 inches. Real photo. Normal sized people. The cane is about my height, just to give you context. Yeah, I looked up some other interesting stuff. These things are hard to believe. Do you know Dolly Parton entered a celebrity Dolly Parton lookalike contest without revealing who she was ahead of time? Thought it would be fun, and she lost. <laughs> she wasn't the only one. Charlie Chaplin did it before her, or actually after her. did. And, and, and he entered the contest. He thought it would be fun to reveal who he was when he won. He got third place. See, can you imagine the real thing shows up and nobody can recognize the real thing. That's hard to believe. It makes you want to ask if the real Christ of Christmas showed up. Would you recognize him? The religious leaders of his day didn't. And they had the Old Testament, believed in God, and knew the prophecies. Would we? I know many of you are listening from around the world, but in America, we just have to confess these days, we've so redefined Jesus to our preference. Would we even recognize him if he showed up in person? So we're asking the question in this Christmas Eve, who is Jesus? I and mean, what was he really like? And I'll just give you the answer right off the top. He's the giver of eternal life, the giver of eternal life. He makes it possible for us to be born again. See, that conversation is recorded in John chapter 3. So wherever you are, get a Bible, get on the Bible app, turn over to John chapter 3. And we're going to step into the story with the help of the film series, The Chosen. Now, there's a couple of characters in this story. One is Jesus. So if you're familiar with the series, you've been following along. This is the actor playing Jesus. And then this context, there's Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a religious leader. Now, just so you have a sense of what's going on, Nicodemus finds it hard to believe as he enters into a conversation with Jesus, he's going to find it hard to believe that he's not going to heaven. I mean, come on, this is Nicodemus. He's, he's, a, he's a believer in God. He knows the Old Testament. He, he's a teacher, an influencer. He follows the law of the Old Testament to discover that he's not going to heaven. And that the only way he gets restored to God and goes to heaven is by being born again. Kind of blows his mind. In fact, there's a whole bunch of us who are religious. Maybe we're C&E Christians, right? You know what that means? Christmas, Easter, that's when we show up. 
Maybe we're here because of grandma, grandpa, appeasing one of our spouses. Somebody made us come. We're sitting online. We're doing this because it's making other people happy. Or maybe this is the time we do it. Yeah, no, Christmas. Again. Maybe you sort of believe. Religious, but not born again. It's hard to believe that religion won't get you to heaven. I was sitting with a friend some years ago, and he's been somebody who's done well in business. Had plans of buying another company for over three hundred million cash. God knows what he's doing. Makes great plans. And over lunch, said, "Man, you're a great planner. Can I ask you a question?" What's your plan to get to heaven? That's a really important question. He said, well, you know, nobody's perfect, but I've done a few good things. In fact, I've done several good things. I said, so your good is going to compensate for the bad? Yeah, yeah. And I go to church from time to time. I might pray occasionally. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the Jesus stuff is true. So I got as good a chance as any. Really? I said, what if nobody has a good chance? Like, what if there's no chance? Because that's the answer. We have no chance apart from Jesus and being born again. That's the weight of this conversation in John chapter 3. So let's go hang out. Let's go sit in the living room like we have been for this series. Let's step into this story in scripture that's recorded in John chapter 3. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along, I'll start reading, but we're going to pick up with the chosen. And so here we have Jesus and, and Nicodemus. We just call him Nick. And, and Nicodemus, he's, he's a religious leader He's captivated by Jesus because he's seen the miracles. He's, he hears some of the teaching, but he's still confounded. And so he needs to have a conversation. He's got questions and he's quite religious. But what Jesus, what are you saying? And so he wants to set up a meeting with Jesus. He does it through a couple of the disciples and sets it up at night so nobody can see or perhaps so he can have a longer conversation. Book of John, chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Let's step into the story. Don't know where to start. I have so many questions. Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. slums. Mm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? 
<laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <sighs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things, huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. And so Jesus speaks of a kingdom, a kingdom you can't see with your physical eyes. So no wonder it's hard to get a hold of. You have to be reborn, born again, born of water, spirit. Nicodemus would have understood the idea of water because it Old Testament meant to cleanse. But he's talking about a spiritual, supernatural cleansing that only the Holy Spirit can do inside of you. You must be reborn. To be born again means you just confess. I'm not, I'm not merely a physical being. This isn't just a material world. I was created as a spirit in the image of God. I'm wrapped in a physical body. And when we sin, we not only die physically, but we die spiritually on the inside, separated from God. And so, yeah, our physical body is going to die and pass away. We'll have a funeral someday. But our spirit lives forever. This kingdom Jesus is talking about, you don't enter on your own effort. Religion doesn't get you cleansed. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit. This is something that Jesus is going to alone make possible. To forfeit being born again is to spend eternity without him. Jesus called it hell. Nah, but if... If you receive the gift that Jesus came to give at Christmas and fulfilled on Easter, eternal life is, is the gift. Well, no wonder, no wonder Nicodemus is captivated because this is really hard to believe. But having watched the miracles, it's also hard to deny. Let's keep watching. What I know and have seen and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. 
I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. Hang on, we got interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, I'm just getting into the story. <sighs> Sometimes Jesus is really disappointing, isn't he? Like, why didn't you come to relieve oppression that I feel materially and taxes and, and the things in this material world that weigh on me? Jesus, I've got an agenda. And if you're not going to address my agenda, why would I bother with you? And we're so worried about Jesus listening to us. Are we listening to Jesus? Because he turns this. He said, no, the thing that's paramount, that's producing all of the fallout in life, it's this thing called sin. That's what's in the way of you having life to the full. So I'll make sure you heard that. The story continues. Let's jump back in. From what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students that she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Exactly. 
give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> Maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? So think about it. It's not easy for religious people who are self-made and figure how ah, we can have as good a chance as anyone. Do a few religious things, do a couple things that balance off sin and we'll be fine. And, and then Jesus comes with this arresting reality that sin's going to cost us everything. And yet, and yet, we should, we should be celebrating. He, he didn't come into the world to condemn us in our sin. He came here to save us from our sin. That's the Merry Christmas. That's the joy. That's the heart of God for us. I mean, he's not going to condemn us. We just condemn ourselves if we refuse to believe. You have to be born again. It's going to take a work of God in you. Oh, do I have to give up? Well, of course. You're going to give up being God of your own life. Give up walking your own way. Give up thinking religion or earning is going to get you to God. Thinking going to church or doing something's good. That's all the good stuff is a result of walking with him. But to follow him, oh yeah, you give up yourself. To find yourself. To be born again. To get so much more. So what are you going to do? You see, Nicodemus finds it hard to believe, but it also finds it hard to deny. I love the way they portray this moment in response. Watch. Is, is this... Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and wonder. You can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> standing on holy ground. What did he mean? It's a throwback to the Old Testament when Moses was standing in the presence of the living God. It was just a confession. I know you're not just a teacher, Jesus. You're more than that. The divine, the God, the creator of all that is, is literally before me. It's humbling. I don't think Nicodemus was expecting that. I, maybe, maybe wherever you're gathered, one of the campuses, 12 Stone Home online community, you're not expecting to experience the presence of the living God right now. Just kind of doing your religious thing. But what if that's his whole point and this very moment? What did Nicodemus do? You know, we don't know. Honestly, we don't, we don't know what Nicodemus did. 
the story ends right there. The the last time we hear about Nicodemus is in John chapter 19. After Jesus voluntarily dies on the cross, sheds his red blood to cover our sin. And just before he resurrects from the dead three days later, we find the name of Nicodemus. Yeah, there was a guy named Joseph of Arimathea who went to Pilate and got the body of Christ and prepared it for appropriate burial. And then it tells us that Nicodemus was alongside him, helped him. Some scholars believe, and for good reason, that that was evidencing that Nicodemus had finally understood the invitation to be born again. The conversation in John 3 had translated into, I too must believe, I too must bow, I too need to be born again. What about you? What are you going to do with the offer of Jesus? You can let this be religious. You can walk out of Christmas. Stay religious. Or you can respond to the invitation. If the Spirit of God is drawing you, what does it look like? Let me just put this on the screen. Something of the the kind of response that he would have given. It it, it would be this kind of faith and belief from Nicodemus. I believe that you created me and love me. There's a confession of who he is and who you are. I admit that I'm a sinner and need rescue. I'm not going to do this on my own. I can't compensate for this, earn this. I can't religious my way into heaven. I bow to you, Jesus, to be born again. You're going to have to give up absolutely everything. This easy grace, I just come to Jesus, do a four-sentence prayer, and live like any way I want afterward, is entirely unbiblical. You surrender, you bow, and the Spirit of God washes you, if you will, Water and spirit transforms you from the inside out. You become his. He becomes Lord. So help me as I commit to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what Nicodemus would have to do. And that's really what Austin did. I want to bring you up to date on a modern story. Austin was religious, I guess you could say. And shares his story with us. Maybe you understand a little bit of his story. Listen in. It started back when I was a kid. I went with my mom to church on Easter, Christmas. I wouldn't say arrogance probably is what pulled me away from the church to begin with. I, I read the Bible and I find this wrong and I, this contradiction and this contradiction. And you know, I was, I was the guy that just went into all of the reasons that God was wrong. I guess I would be the definition of a prodigal son. I'm already there. I'm already there. Met my first fiance when we had kids. I was 19. And that's when my life really just kind of like, hey, this is the path you're supposed to be on. And then let's take a hard left. You know, things just got harder, a lot of struggling. Got with my current fiance, then had two more kids 10 years later. The things going on at the house were not good. Me and Brittany were not, we were not in a good place. It was probably the lowest point of my life. Peter and Tony, they are members at Buford campus. They live literally like across the street, next house over. They came over and knocked on the door and said, hey, we're doing an event at the pool. There's gonna be hot dogs, hamburgers, bring the kids, let's have a good time. So we went over there. 
I'm over here talking to Deeds and talking to Steve and, you know, meeting the guys from the church. And Brittany's kind of mingling with some of the different women. Fast forward to the next week and we're at 12 Stone. Somebody said, you know, all eyes bowed, stand up if you're in a place where you just need God to touch your heart. I've never stood up in church, even when people's eyes are closed. I've always been that guy that like hides in the back. I found myself standing up like I wasn't in control of my body. <laughs> like I'm just sitting here like, yeah, that kind of applies to me. Wait a second, why am I standing? At the end of church, they said, you know, hey, you know, while everyone's leaving, you know, if you feel like you need something, just walk towards us instead of walking out the door. So I found myself walking up and talking with Diedrich, and I was like, look, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not right. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the things that he did. My question is, is how do I follow Jesus? How do I, how do I walk in that way? And, you know, if you could just pray for me. So we prayed for the Spirit to move in me and to show me what I, what I needed to do, like, what, what, like where to go, you know, something, because what I was doing wasn't, wasn't working. I can definitely feel like the change in me. And I think that's where it starts, you know? Like, your life is gonna change, but it's gonna start with you. It can't start from the outside in, it's gotta work from the inside out. I'm just sticking with it, you know? Yeah, come on, let's celebrate Austin. That's a beautiful thing. And so while we celebrate Christmas and in a moment step into a tradition which is a candlelight ceremony so to speak of lighting the candle and singing Silent Night it's a beautiful moment it just might be that the Spirit of God for some years, months, weeks or right now has led to a moment for you to be born again it's hard to believe he would do that for you but it's hard to deny once you understand So we're going to give you that moment. If you're part of the online community or 12 Stone Home, then I'm going to turn the service over to David, and he's going to guide you through an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to be born again, the very prayer we looked at. So David, lead us, will you? And at the campuses. Well, as Kevin said, in a few minutes, we're going to go back and um, experience Silent Knot, but I'm here with my friend Morgan and Yon, and this may be your time. And we've just been praying that God would supernaturally move us from being religious to a real live relationship with God. Your sins can be forgiven. And here's the reality. Here, here's the prayer that, that Kevin just showed us. And um, I just want to pray this with you. Just know this isn't a magical prayer. It's not like abracadabra or anything like that. But this is the desire of your heart. If you're coming before God and saying, I, I surrender to you, I bow to Jesus, then right now, you can be born again. I know it's kind of a strange language, but it's supernatural. God is doing stuff. So here's a prayer. And um, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus already, just maybe um, think about this prayer. And remember what God has already done in your life. And um, I'm gonna ask these guys to kind of pray along silently with me or out loud, whatever you guys wanna do. But, but if this is your first time, this is your moment and that's exciting. So here's the prayer, let's do this together. Heavenly Father, I believe that you created me and love me. I admit that I'm a sinner and need rescue. I bow to you, Jesus, to be born again. Help me as I commit to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And here's the reality. If you just pray that prayer, that was an expression of your heart, then you are a new person. You haven't changed yourself, but God is like changing you from the inside out. We don't want to just rush to this moment. That's one of the reasons Jonah's here besides we just like him here. Um, but we were talking about this earlier, right? A little bit yeah. about just letting us breathe. And... Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you just made that decision um, and you want to just process what that means because it's the start of a journey. Oh my and maybe, goodness. Uh, you're still in dialogue with God. You're unsure and, and you're working that out with him. We want to give that some space. And so Yona is going to lead us here in a little bit of yeah. worship. Yeah, we, can we get the prayer back up on the screen? I'd like for them to be able to maybe read that a little bit as they as they do as we worship together. Christ be magnified. Let's praise our eyes. Christ be Made this decision. We're excited. Yeah, for we're you. so excited. We are celebrating. <laughs> what a cool day to make that decision on Christmas Eve. Yes, that's right. It's your spiritual birthday. But here's the thing like we said earlier, this is the start of a journey. And we want to walk along this journey with you. You might have questions. We want to support you and celebrate with you. And so text Jesus to 37748 if you just made this decision so that we can walk along that journey with you. But then, David, we've talked about this, and for some yes. people, maybe you still have questions. I have friends that had never heard the story of Jesus till like a couple years ago, and that's mm-hmm. we hope that that's many of you that maybe this is the first time yeah. you ever heard the name Nicodemus. That'd that's be really right. cool. That's right, and maybe for you, you're like, I'm just not sure about any of this. Um, well, we want to encourage you in two ways. One, text Jesus to 37748. Yes. We'd love to just connect with you, answer questions, and just be a friend to you as you're processing this conversation. But then the other thing is we, through the month of December, have been in Oh, it's so good. On who Jesus is. Yeah, like these videos you just mm-hmm. saw about Nicodemus. I That's think there's right. three other ones, right? That yes. It's um, an yep. incredible story about Jesus interacting with a, moment, a woman that he should not have interacted with. Mm-hmm. Not because he hates women, but because um, it just, in that custom, it just wasn't a thing that they did. That's but right. he took that risk and, did, and revealed to her for the first time who he was as a That's Messiah. Right. So if you're interested in actually discovering What's the heart of Jesus? Yes. I mean, I love The Chosen and how it brings the story of the That's Bible right. to life. You actually get to see it. That's right. I've loved personally just watching it because it really does personalize Jesus, help you kind of experience him. And so this series started December 5th. Okay. So you can go back and we'd love to encourage you to catch up on some of those as you're in this journey of discovering yep. and asking questions. Just keep going. Keep leaning in. You okay. also can text, I don't know if you said this, but text Jesus to 37748 <laughs> and have that conversation. We'd love to talk to you about it. And so, hey, just like you're doing in your living room or in your car, wherever you're engaging with this and responding to the, the story of the gospel and the story of Jesus and Nicodemus, they're actually also doing it in the room. We're actually at a campus in like the Duluth area of Georgia. And so, mm-hmm. hey, we'd love just to go right back into the room and see what's going on there. We are going to do Silent Night together. It's going to be a beautiful celebration of the coming of Jesus. So um, as they're responding in the room, um, let's go ahead and jump in and take a look at what they're doing.
And if you watch the activity of those settling that with the Lord, how could you do anything other but celebrate just one coming in the kingdom? What does all of heaven do again? Absolutely. Here's what I know. I was three years old. Some of you have heard me share this. I was three years old. My parents were far from God. Friends invited them to something called the revival. It was an outdoor, outdoor tent meeting thing. And pastor said, you want to come to faith? And my mom sensed something of the spirit drawing her. She didn't know that's what it was. But she's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. This is weird. And so I was in her hands. I was three years old. I don't remember. She told me a story. She pinched a little fat on my butt, which is all gone now. But back in that day, and I yelled out a scream and she said, oh, good. Now I can leave. She did that so she could leave. And her friend grabbed me and said, no, you stay. <laughs> My mom came to faith. It might be that while we're even lighting the candles for this moment during silent night, that, um, that you still come. So we're going to join in silent night. We're going to light the candles. We're going to have a moment before God. And if you still need to say yes to God, you have this moment. Let's enjoy silent night.
super cool moment. Don't take lightly the Spirit of God drawing you to himself. If you know him, give him great thanks in your heart. If you don't, do exactly what Jesus said in Nicodemus. Think about it. Eternity's at stake. We hope you come to faith. Next week, we're doing church online only. Have a great experience set up for everyone to enjoy. It'll be a wonderful time together. Now, I need to give you one final instruction. Whether you're at 12 Stone Home online community or at one of the campuses in the room, how you blow out the candle matters. <laughs> Mama doesn't want wax all over the living room or the couch or the coffee table. The person in front of you does not want wax all over their back. So you're ready. Put your hand behind, not over the flame, but behind it, and then gently blow it out. Gently. Say Merry Christmas to the one next to you. Merry Christmas, church. Merry Christmas. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories and make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.